Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am your founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and my special guest today is Tia Smart Young. And here's a bit about Tia. She is an author, editor, and book coach. She teaches consultants, entrepreneurs, coaches, and experts how to use their experiences and expertise to write and self-publish brand-building books. Um, she's also the Smart Girl Media. She was the entertainment director for Latina and Latina.com. And as an interviewer and on-camera host, Tia has been in conversations with top talent, including Michelle Obama, oh wow, Lala Anthony, and Mary J, Zendaya, Rita Moreno, Fergie, Taraji P. Henson, Judy Reyes, Jada Pinkett Smith, Chris Rock, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, just to name a few, y'all. You will definitely find out more. She graduated from Johnson C. Smith University with a BA in mass communications and earned a publishing certificate from the Columbia Journalism Publishing Course. She is an active member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. I had to throw that out for all you Deltas out there. Support your girl. So without further ado, please welcome Tiaya to GEMS Podcast. Hey, thanks so much, Genesis. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It was like I was reading a celebrity. I said, Ooh, <laughs> you got Michelle Obama. <laughs> I like the way that sounded. It sounded good to me. So how uh, so before we dive into our segment today, I want you to share a fun and interesting fact about yourself as a way of an icebreaker. A fun and interesting fact about myself. Well, <laughs> I don't know how fun this is, but um, I give a big energy on Zoom. And so when people meet me, they're very surprised that I am only five feet tall. I am super short. <laughs> so that is a Snapple Apple fact about your girl, Tiaya. I am very short. But listen, when I come across on the Zoom, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm beating you down in karaoke, <laughs> when I'm singing my favorite karaoke songs, I got a lot of energy. I seem tall, but I'm very short. Oh, wow. That is an interesting fact. Are you a heels wearer then? Because most short. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) The higher the heel, the closer I am to God. Yeah. No, I I, I love heels. Um, And in the pandemic, it was like I didn't have any place to go. So I was constantly in like sneakers or boots or whatever. So I, I, I felt rusty when it was time to like, when we were outside, outside, I felt really rusty. I was like, okay, wait, my feet are hurting. I'm like, I'm, I'm not used to this. My feet usually stand a lot longer. So, but yeah, I'm I'm back in practice. I'm back in the swing of things. Oh, nice. And then today we're going to talk about your niche area. So writing and self-publishing, but then also we're going to bring that mass communications into the mix because your background has 
actually afforded you the ability to work with some heavy hitters, um, mm-hmm. those top talents we mentioned. And I know like some people would be like, oh my gosh, like starstruck, starstruck, but they are people just like we are. So I want you to talk about your experience working with some of the top talents. Were they what you expected them to be? Because you know, TV paints you a vision. It tells you a vision. You know, when you have a limited amount of time with a celebrity or a popular person, a politician, whoever, um, it, it, you have to you do one, you do have to remember that they are human too, right? They are human beings. You might see them on TV, whatever, movie screen, they are humans too. So I have been blessed that I have not had a bad, let me knock on some wood. I've not had a bad incident with any celebrity or any um, uh, influencer or uh, politician that I've ever interviewed. Never had a bad situation. Um, I think because one, they re- they realize, listen, this is their chance to promote their project, whatever they're doing, right? Like when Lala got um, on her role on The Shy, that was like my second time interviewing Lala. And so she remembered me. And so that was cool because I went into that interview with a little bit of a rapport, right? So we, we knew each other. It wasn't that long in between the time when um, the first interview happens and the first interview happens around the time when it was kind of um, a trying time in her life in terms of there was a lot of accusations about what was going on with, with her husband, right? And so um, I think because we had developed a good rapport there and I was respectful in the interview, obviously I'm a, I'm a journalist and I'm going to get I'm going to ask the questions to get the answers that I need. But at the same time, I wasn't trying to like, again, remembering that she is a person and, and, and that she has feelings at the, at the end of the day while I'm, while I'm working and getting my story, I also have to keep that in mind. So I, people have been amazing to me, like Michelle Obama, so giving, right? So lovely, the same way that she appears on TV was the same way that she was in our interview. Um, Mary J. Blige, the same thing. Second time interviewing Mary J. Blige, I was working on a cover story. So it was just, it's great to be able to have people that maybe you admire and you look up to, and then you get a chance to meet them, you get a chance to interview them, whatever the circumstance is, whether you're face-to-face in a conference room, which I've done, or like with Mary, I was um, <laughs> I was actually with her in, uh, was, it, was it Miami? I think it was Miami, like in her cabana interviewing her. So it's like, those things have been like really like wonderful gems and nuggets that have happened in my life. Thank you for sharing that, Tiaya. And whenever you think about, you know, some of the interviews that you have had, how has it impacted you in your writing career and journey? Has there been one interview that just really resonated with you where you're like, this has left a lasting impact on me? And maybe in in it influenced you to pen a book or pen a story or something outside of, you know, what your quote unquote job was? Oh, I think that they all have a special something that they bring to the table, right? So like, for instance, if when I interviewed Mary for the second time, it was when she was working on the movie Mudbound. And so it was really focused on her acting. And so I think a lot of times the best pieces of the interview sometimes don't even make it into the story. So there have been many times when I've been influenced by what someone said. (laughs) And it's like, you think that moment is like, oh, that's the best, that's the best moment. Nothing could top that. 
and then something else happens. I've been doing this for 20 something years. So I've interviewed lots of celebrities and I've interviewed lots of rappers and lots of singers and, and just entertainers in general. And so there have been, I've, there've been so many memories that sometimes I, I forget that certain things happen. Like, uh, like the other, I could be watching TV and I'm like, oh yeah, I interviewed Zendaya when she was like 17. Right. And I forgot that I literally forgot that. So those kinds of things, I'm like, remember to put that in your bio. <laughs> like, like she's on euphoria now it's popping. Like, well, Zendaya's always popping, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, don't forget that. It's important. Thank you for sharing that. And then in your space, um, as a woman and a woman of color in mass communications and journalism as a whole, how do you feel that we're doing when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging? Because you see a lot of big name companies that are jumping on the bandwagon. And in my opinion, I think they're jumping on the bandwagon for clout just so they could check a box and have that tokenism versus pushing the needle forward and just looking at who the person is and making sure that person is the best fit for that job. And I know you worked with some um, big companies such as Essence, Ebony, um, just to name a few. So can you talk about your, your journey with that briefly? Yeah, sure. I never worked um, for Ebony. I freelanced for them. So mm -hmm. just that point of clarification. Um, but working for Essence, and I still uh, freelance for Essence, that was, that's really one of the beauty, the, the beautiful things about that relationship is that that was my first media job after I graduated from college. And to be able to 20 something years later, still have that relationship with the publication that's amazing. And so um, Essence and Ebony and Latina and different organizations, different media companies, they exist, right? Because of the need um, to, to be seen because the mainstream wasn't seeing them, right? So when Essence came about in the seventies, it was like, yeah, the mainstream magazines were not checking for black women in the way that they, that they are now, right? And so um, it became the, the essence's responsibility to represent Black women. And so the same thing with Latina, the same thing with, um, I worked for, for XXL, which was a hip hop magazine, right? They came out as the answer to the source. So when these media companies um, that, that, that specifically focus on uh, people of color or a certain type of music or a certain piece of the culture, it's like when they come about, it's because they people had been ignoring them and, and they have an audience and they deserve to be heard and seen. And so um, I don't know, I, I can't speak about certain companies doing it for clout, right? I would have to be there and know the company and, and, and to be able to um, make those kinds of claims. But what I do, what I, what I was I was watching something today and it was talking specifically about like diversity and the action of, okay, yeah, you can just put some people in a room, right? Put a, put a black woman, put somebody who's maybe differently able to use as a wheelchair, put somebody who's, um, uh, um, uh, let's see, what else can we, what, what else, what else can we, what else can we get? You can, you can put, um, a man of a certain color in there. Right. And so it's like, that's just, they said, that's just making sure the room is diverse, but the intentionality behind it is different, right? When you're looking for this specific person, because they happen to be a Black woman with a certain kind of skill set, and then having that Black woman with that certain skill set, making sure that that person is now being intentional about pulling other people along, right? Opening up, opening up the space, 
one of the things that uh, people talk about is now they, they're looking, they're like, oh, I definitely need a person of color to, to fill this role. And that feels good because it's like, yeah, before everybody was kind of just like putting their friends on. And if you put your friend on and your friend looks just like you, then the room is not going to be diverse. Right. So now when you're opening it up and like, hey, see, you know, do you have any, do you know anybody who may be good for this? Or you're looking specifically for someone, a person of color. If you're looking for a woman of color, you're looking for a man of color, like that makes a, a, that makes a huge difference. Thank you for sharing that and elaborating on your perspective based on the work that you've done, whether it's freelance or work primarily with it. And I think that the reason why I asked that question is because it ties into the publishing aspect, because sometimes uh, whenever you see um, African-Americans, or I like to say chocolate drops since I'm an author, um, mm -hmm. enter into the publishing space, some of these big publishing houses do not give them a fair and fighting chance to have their literary work shown out. So then a lot of them, instead of going down the big publishing house route, they go into self-publishing. So that way they could, you know, secure, secure the bag. So can you talk about your journey within the self-publishing space and how you have built upon that based on your experience from your jobs as well as your degree? Sure. Like uh, the first thing I'll say is that I got into self-publishing completely by accident. It was not my intention but I'm so glad that it happened for me this way because it, it, I learned how to monetize my skill that I had spent honing in magazine and digital publishing. And now I'm able to use that skill for myself as an entrepreneur to be able to teach people, right? Coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs, experts, how to use their experiences and their expertise to write books. And so that's like my joy because like you said, everyone is not gonna be able to be picked up by one of the big five publishers, right? And so the, the lane that self-publishing has created is amazing because now you can amplify your own voice. Now you can be a publisher. Now you can be an author. And it's all based on what you've created and, and the idea that you've now executed. And so for me um, to be able to take what I learned, right, as, a, as in, in communications and studying it in school and then putting it into practice and putting it into my career and learning so many different um aspects from learning how to organize a photo shoot to uh, hiring people, all of those things, all of those skills that I learned so long ago inside of different magazine companies and digital companies that I worked for, I'm now using those skills for myself. And so like that to me is, that's the beauty of um, being independent. I hope I, answered, I hope I answered your question. I feel like I'm <laughs> No, you definitely answered answered okay. the question because you fell into it, but by falling into it, it helped you build upon your skill set. It also helped you um, take what you learned and package it up. So now you can help other people tap into their inner voice and just put that out into the world by sharing and telling their own stories. And I know you even um, founded another foundation that I did not mention in your bio, but I'm going to highlight it here is the rock your college essay um which is well it's it's your interactive workshop that teaches students how to write engaging 
personal statements that merge culture, community, and storytelling. And I think that's so powerful because sometimes when people get the knowledge, they keep it to themselves versus sharing it with the world. And I feel like there's enough food out here for us all to eat. So I commend you for doing the work that you're doing, because if you would have never fell into self-publishing, Tia, you wouldn't be helping college students and other people find their voice and capitalize on it. So how good does that feel? It feels amazing. It feels amazing. And uh, Rock Your College essay is really personal to me because I started it again, did fell into it completely by accident. But my son was at the time was graduating from high school and he was feeling like there wasn't anyone to guide him through the him and his friends through the writing process right so everyone puts all this emphasis on the SAT which they should but um a long time ago I learned that the essay is really like the soul the heart of the college application process and so I said to my son I said listen I'll put a workshop together I'll help you and your friends um <laughs> work on your essays I'll help you guys no no worries right and I'm putting this thing together we did it like a weekend in the community room in my building I think it was like nine kids or something like that and I posted it on Facebook and the response was crazy because people were like wait a minute can you can you bring that to my school can you do this can you do it virtually and so just from my son's need, right? Going back to filling a niche and filling a void and falling into things by accident. That came from me saying, okay, I'm going to help you posting the pictures on Facebook, just thinking like, hey, I'm proud of what I did. I'm proud of helping these, these, these nine students. And now it's become this thing that I do every year right? I do it privately with some, with some students that's like one-on-one. And then I also do it um, through, through schools and, and some youth organizations. So that's I'm amazing. Really <laughs> Cause I definitely feel like sometimes the students, they really need to tap into their inner creativity because not everybody is going to get that sports scholarship, that full ride or whatnot. But if they really tap into academia, they could really go far. And I feel like Sometimes, depending on where you're located, um, geographic-wise, they're missing the, the buck because they don't pour into some of the urban areas that they do, some of the predominantly white areas. And whenever you look at the resources that are given, not everything is fair across the board. And mm -hmm. so by you having this program and you doing something as small as taking a picture, it started spreading like wildfire, metaphorically speaking. And so when your son and his other friends finished their essay, what was it like? What did he say? Or what were some of the testimonials from your incubator students? <laughs> yeah, my incubator students were really shocked that they had stories to begin with. So that's one of the biggest things is that students never think they have a story that's interesting that's worthy of being in part of their um, package for college entrance. And then the other thing is that they, they think that they have to have a sob story to get in. Like, oh, you know, I grew up poor or I, I came from a single family background. Like, no, that's, that's not what this is about. Let's, let's find something interesting that has happened to you and let's create and build a story around it. And a lot of times when we start to talk 
when we really get into it because I'll because it's super interactive and I have like all these fun slides um, and I'm really, I'm a pop culture junkie. And so my slides are always like filled with pop culture sayings and, and images and all that kind of stuff. Once we start to get in it, I have them, um, I have a couple of slides that say that one time, right? That one time when maybe I was home and I like somebody, <laughs> some, well, this happened to me. Somebody um, came into the house and robbed the house. That one time um, I was separated from my parents. That one time I had to learn a new language. That one time I made the team and I was surprised. That one time I got cut from the team and I didn't expect that to happen, right? So we start there just kind of figuring out some things that may have happened, some just like ordinary things and seeing if there is in fact a story behind that ordinary thing, which I call the story behind the story. I like that. Unveiling the veil. There you go. <laughs> Did you never know what is underneath the veil until you lift it up? And you can't be afraid to tap into those hard, uh, those hard situations or the start ugly moments or the truth, because that is what's going to set you apart and um, in comparison to the next person, because there's no one else that has your story. No one no one else has your story. And that's the thing that's going to separate you from the 50 other people who are applying to the school, right? And if everyone has the same grades, same SAT scores, and same community service, what's going to make, what's going to set you apart? Your essay, because your essay is going to speak to who you are, your values, maybe what you plan to do in the school, or it's going to tell that interesting story about that experience that happened to you. Again, going back to the experience. Yes. I mean, you can't stress that enough, listeners and viewers. Capitalize on your experience because it is what sets you apart. Don't be afraid to talk about your past and how you turn those tests into testimonies. You turn that hell of a mess into a message. And now you are doing what you are called to do. You're walking into your purpose and you're allowing your light to shine and illuminate the darkness that you never thought would be possible. But as long as you took that action to step outside, then you see the glory days and all of us have those glory days. That's why each one of us was uniquely created for such a time as this. And I just wanted to add that there because I think somebody is going to need to hear that to just boost your confidence. So I just gave you some gas. So now you put the car in drive and go, baby. Exactly. <laughs> so as we begin to wind down, Tia, what's next for you? What's next for me? I'm so excited for Monday because Monday is the first day of my three-day writing workshop, which is called the Ambitious Author Workshop. And I'm so excited. It's brand new. And what I'm going to be doing for three days is first, I want to help people get clarity, right? There are a lot of people who want to write books, but they're a little intimidated by the process because they're not clear on what they want to write about. So we're going to focus on getting clear in terms of the book idea and their audience. We're going to also focus on um, the format. Like, like, listen, you, everyone's not going to be able to write a Michelle Obama level memoir, right? I want you to write to your level. Let's, let's figure out your format. Let's figure out what works for you. There's a couple of different ways to think about memoirs and uh, self-help books. This is specifically for nonfiction because I work with nonfiction um, authors only. And then the last day we are going to focus on that, that planning and that executing. Like, how do you, how do you go from idea to, 
uh, published book, right? What is the what is the process? What are the steps? So I'm super excited about the ambitious author workshop that starts on Monday. And I left the link with you. And I would love to have folks come through and check out the workshop. There's actually two levels for them to check out. I'm going to make sure I mentioned that there's the uh, VIP author level. Now, listen, everyone loves a good VIP, right? Because you get special treatment in the VIP. And in this workshop, uh, it's absolutely the same. You're going to get special treatment. You're going to get a digital workbook. You're going to get coaching. You're going to get one-on-one -on -one coaching. So you'll have group coaching in addition to one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then you'll also have a self-editing checklist. And so there's going to be my favorite thing that I build into all of my workshops is community. And so you'll definitely have a supportive community. So that's at the VIP level. And then at the noteworthy level, you'll get some of the same VIP treatment. However, not everything. You won't get the one-on-one -on -one coaching. You won't get the group coaching, um, but you will have some other goodies like the, the Facebook group that you'll have access to. So I'm looking forward to that on Monday. That is amazing, A-A-W, y'all. And I will have the links in the show notes. And so, Tiaya, as we close, I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment outside of the workshop because we are right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I want to leave the listeners with this gift called Write It Already. It's the five-step guide to help you go from confused writer to confident, confident author. And it is a quick ebook, just, I think it's less than like 30 pages. And it really is, it gives you a chance to just dive in and really think. Uh, if you're not going to join us, especially for the workshop, this is really good because it gives you a chance to think about what you want to write about, the different ways that you can show up with a nonfiction book, whether it's memoir, maybe, maybe you want to write a humor book, or maybe something that's more opinionated and focus on commentary. So there are different ways for you to show up with your expertise and your experiences, and definitely go ahead and get the Write It Already ebook. Just It's there for you to download. And... Now, where do you primarily hang out on social media and plug your website so they could go look at your website, they could see all the things that you're doing in the literary space, some of your background, work experience, and personal or whatever else you have up on your site. Sure. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite social media channel is Instagram. <laughs> and so you can find me there and I'll definitely leave my, my link for, for, to follow me on Instagram and slide in my DMs. I'm very chatty in the DMs. I actually like to leave people voice messages. So definitely connect with me there. Um, and then on my website, it is my name. So it's www.tiaiasmartsmart y-o-u-n-g for young.com and there you have it listeners and viewers of gems podcast you just heard tia smart young i told y'all she was a firecracker and definitely lots of things going on in her will and wheelhouse so all of her contact information will be in the show notes so there is no excuse for you not to connect with her whenever we're giving you everything you need. Plus she's giving y'all a freebie. Who doesn't like free stuff? So, <laughs> so make sure you subscribe and share. We are on 40 plus platforms. Connect with us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. 
And we're also looking for brand ambassadors and brand sponsors for GEMS Podcast, where the mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate while we connect the dots and bridge the gap for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. And we definitely could accomplish more when we do it together. So monetary donations and contributions are greatly appreciated to continue with, you know, products that we need to buy for the podcast, as well as, you know, other things that we want to do. So we thank you so much. And until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and level up in all areas of your life. So remember, you're an asset, not a liability. You were created on purpose, for a purpose, and you weren't meant to be in a box because you sure as hell weren't born in a box. So keep that in mind and level up. You got this. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.